Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Guys, did you know that every time we come to church, God is here, and if we would just stir up our hunger, we could leave the building with miracles every time, every time. It just, it, it wrecks me. Like I just, when I close my eyes, I see God sitting on the throne and I see his, like his robe just filling the house of God and just, Lord, open our eyes to see him, you know, to see that he's here and that the God of the Bible is real, that the God of the Bible wants to pour out signs, wonders, and miracles. That is actually how we are validated in our faith is that he shows up when we believe. And it's up to us. You know, I actually want to share this thought I shared with Pastor Lorraine. Um, all of heaven was already poured out when, when the Holy Spirit was given. So why don't we see the things that we want to see? It's because it's it still needs to pour out of us. So I'm believing that the dam is going to break tonight. There's going to be something broken open in all of us in Jesus' name. she is. I wanted to personally acknowledge Tannen. You are a beautiful light from heaven. You are a gift and God shines so brightly through you. And I am so thankful for you. And I know I don't speak for myself. I know there are a lot of people that are very thankful for you. You're a gift Tannen in Jesus name. Um, Where's Noah? There you are. I know, I just was like, hey, what's your name again? You were worshiping in front of me. You were lifting your hands, and I saw you going to a new level. And I just, I actually feel that it is spiritually first, but also in the place of uh, work. And I don't, I don't know what you do, but I felt like promotion is at hand and that you can boldly step into it and that you are going to be accelerated. You're going to, like, I see business all over you. I see, um, like, like, that spirit of excellence, like a man in a suit. And you just, you carry excellence and you're young, but God is going to just wreck people and their attitudes through, through that. And you're going to carry that power of heaven. So thank you, Jesus, for Noah and blessing on you in Jesus name. Um, Y'all are still standing. I'm sorry. Uh, we'll just keep going, but I do, I do want to pause and, and then I'll keep going some more. I wanted to pause. I wanted to honor pastors Jurgen and Leanne because they are, our, these are our senior leaders who've shown us like what it means to steward the call well and just how big of a life that is. So I just honor them. I honor uh, Pastor Dr. Matt and Michaela, our regional pastors. They carry such a spirit of excellence and wisdom and they're inspiring and so I honor them. I honor Pastors Matt and Lorenny. You guys, you guys, you need to be told this. You are champions of faith. You are the King Davids of your generation. Like you are built for slaying giants. You are a gift to us, your friendship. God knew like when he brought us here, like I didn't know 
Like we weren't super close, but God knew I needed you guys and you are a gift to us. So thank you. And I just have to honor, I know. He, he asked me, he's like, are you gonna bus drive me tonight? No, I honor my husband, Scott. You are a mighty man of faith. You are a leader. And it is because of you that I can actually share my story. You guys will hear that later, but from day one, he was the one that kind of kicked me out the nest. And so I love you. Thank you. Okay. You guys can sit down if you want, but like you don't have to. Like, yeah, sit down. Sit down. Um, thank you, Lord. Where, green sweatshirt, sweet girl. What is your name? Janet, I don't think I've gotten to meet you. You're beautiful. When you were up here, I saw you worshiping, and I saw, like, the spirit of Mary over you. Like, uh, Martha and Mary Mary, where Mary's like, nothing else matters. Like, I just want to worship Jesus. And I, I, I gather that there have been times where the enemies tried to make you feel like you don't, like you don't have a spot or you don't belong. But actually, you're the type of person that, like, Jesus is like, check out my girl. You're right here. And that spirit of worship, God is going to whisper things to you. You are going to know the secrets of heaven. He's going to whisper things to you. You're going to have a prophetic gifting activated in your life. So stay where you are and know that that's just an attack of the enemy, but that you are so marked. You are so marked by heaven. Thank you, Jesus. Um, where is Gigi? Hi, Gigi. Yeah. I love you. You're amazing. I looked over at you and I just saw the word faithful. You are incredibly, incredibly faithful. And get ready because I see that like um, God's going to blow this wind over that faithfulness. Where maybe you feel like you've just been trudging along, just doing the faithful things. I see like the resource of heaven is going to come over you. The breath of heaven. There's going to be... Um, just, just this, this push, like wind in your sails. So thank you, Lord, for Gigi. Thank you for everything that she has in her hands, everything that she sets her hand to. Thank you for faithfulness on her, God. And I just declare replication of, of her spirit um, in people that you're gonna bring into her world. There's a discipleship activation that is gonna happen that you're gonna step into. You're gonna step into leadership. So I thank you for her, Lord. I thank you that... Um, Oh, God, that you put your hand of peace on her as well, that every answer is in your hands, Lord. We, we thank you for her in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, how's everybody doing? Okay. So um, I have a message. Um, we, didn't, we don't know how we're going to get there, but we, we're getting there. So actually, I'm just going to... Yeah, okay. Um, I just want to say I'm super grateful for Awaken because we are an authentic church. We are fresh, real, and powerful. And in Jesus' name, we are here to break the back of religion. Um, we are here to, yes, to shut it down. Um, I did not uproot my life, leave the beach, come over here. I was, how long was I homeless? I was homeless for a good, a few months. Um, we did not go through that to come and just like do religion and check the box. I'm not, I, I will not tolerate it, people. 
Okay, we are here because we are hungry for God. And God moves on the back of hunger. He moves when we're hungry. He moves when we give him glory. And actually, that's what I wanted to talk about tonight. I felt like my whole message was really just um, a love offering from me to Jesus. And that hopefully you guys will get something out of it. Um, actually, not hopefully. I know you will because it's God. <laughs> but we are not here to check boxes. We are, you know, you might have heard the fresh, real, and powerful tagline of Awaken. We have this little joke when we were teaching DNA. We're like, you know, put Jenny up there. Like, I'm the real. Um, so I just want to preface this night with that so you are ready for anything that I say. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> if the wheels fall off, blame it on Scotty. Um, so the title tonight is Redeemed. Um, and I'm going to be sharing my testimony. The scripture I have for you is Psalm 107.2. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. Um, another version, and this is my one and only point tonight. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. So there's a thing called the good news, and God says, you know, go and preach the good news to, all, you know, to everyone, to share the gospel. The good news is the gospel of Jesus Christ who, who came, he, you know, stepped into time, he died for our sins, and um, took the punishment that, that we deserved on him. And he doesn't, he didn't do that so that we could then turn around and like, talk theology and argue over this and that and the next thing. The good news today is actually, what has Jesus done in your life? And so tonight is actually a little bit of a, like, um, lead by example night, if you will. I'm going to share my story. I'm believing that there's going to be a boldness and a courage that's going to come on you to unlock you, to share your story, so that we can actually see revival come about across the valley that we've been praying for. The valley does not need another... Um, church argument. Doesn't need another, another discussion over what is right and what is wrong. The valley needs an encounter with Jesus. And it needs you guys to actually share that and, and to be the, the, the stirring of the pot. And we're going to see ripple effects go out. And there's going to be an increase in miracles, again, because the hunger is going to get stirred up. It's very simple. I think we overcomplicate it. Okay, so a little bit about um, when, you, when you share your story, it, it takes you to a place of remembrance, right? Like you're having to remember some things. Um, biblically, well, let's say our culture, remembrance is like you can bring a thought to mind. Oh, that's a nice thought. Yeah, whatever. Okay, <laughs> biblically, Hebrew culture, remember is actually there's a doing aspect. You're bringing something to mind to repeat an action or do again what is being thought about. So I say that to say, when you testify of your healing or what God has done in your life, you create a runway for God to do it again. So as I'm sharing a little bit, I'm believing that I'm creating a runway for the Holy Spirit to do something again in your world. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> well, I, I do a little, I'll do some scriptures. I need to have scriptures. <laughs> I get a little sidetracked. Okay. So from day one, like I said, my husband kicked me out of the nest. And what I meant by that is that um, when we got married, he knew my story, and uh, he there were opportunities to share my story, and he literally was just like, you need to just share your story. If you can't talk about it, it still has power over you. If you can't talk about it, it's still in the dark. 
And whose playground is the darkness, right? But when the light has come, the light is not overcome by the darkness. So when we bring Jesus, we shine the light, we kick out the darkness. <sighs> so the Bible says, Revelation 12:11, and they overcame by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. So my question is, is we, do we love our lives so much that we will lay down our overcoming? No, we don't. We are a people who are bold, who will share what God has done. We will put down that life because you know what? The life that we feel like we're clinging on to is actually dead. The Bible talks about Romans 6:11. You should also consider yourselves to be dead to the power of sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. So if you are a Christian, if you've accepted Jesus, you are dead to the past. That life doesn't even exist anymore. So you can talk about it because that's not the same person. God did a thing, right? Like when God, when, he, when Jesus came in and he split time in half and there's BC and there's AD, that is a perfect picture of what he does to every Christian's life. When Jesus comes in, he splits your life in half. You have an old you and you have a new you. And the new you is redeemed, is healed, is powerful, is walking in victory and authority. So I can share my story tonight because I'm not the same, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have, begun, have become new. The old life has gone and a new life has begun. By telling our stories, we are literally doing what Romans 12.1 says, which is we are offering our bodies as living sacrifices holy and pleasing to the Lord in an act of worship. And that's what God spoke to me that tonight would be, is that as I talk, it's an act of worship. It's giving him my life and saying, Jesus, you did this. You're incredible. So are you guys doing good? Here we go. Okay. So this is my story. I come from a family that within my lifetime... That is it. within three generations, all immediate family members that I know, not talking like 100 years back. This is the history. Murder, suicide, substance abuse, alcoholism, addiction, drug trafficking, homelessness, homosexuality, incarceration, divorce, foster care, adoption, placement, abortion, domestic violence, child molestation, pornography, occultism, Freemasonry, Wiccan, rage, control, perfectionism, mental health disorder, and chronic health issues. So, I mean, that alone is like me standing up here is proof that Jesus is amazing. <laughs> so, I'm uh, what you might call the one that made it out, um, but not before making my own contribution to that list, sadly. So, I'm going to share a little bit of the backstory and then it'll get to the, the, the point. Okay. So, I grew up in a non Christian household, uh, I was sent to a Christian school. That's confusing for a kid. <laughs> so like we're learning things here, but then we're doing things here. So immediately from day one, I was already put in this place of shame because I felt like the odd man out because I felt like I don't fit in. I'm not understanding. And so I very quickly learned that performance was a survival mechanism. If I could control my image, if I could control what people thought of me, if I could fit in, then I was accepted. I was affirmed. I could receive love. Around age seven, I was molested by a female peer. Shame came in. I thought I had done something wrong. I didn't tell anybody about it. If only I would have said something to my dad, he would have just gone nuts out. But I, you know, that's what shame does. 
Shame silences. It sits on your shoulders. It, it binds your mouth up and it says, it's all your fault. And that's not true. Around this same time, um, I began having breathing issues where I could never get a full breath. So it was like, and I was an athlete too, so I mean, this was an issue. I went to the doctor a couple times. It was like this, like, like I got, I even had a twitch to where I would be like, okay, like if I could just stretch my neck further and get more air, you know? Um, they didn't know what was wrong. They just slapped a label on it and said, oh, bronchial spasms, gave me an inhaler and sent me on my way. Didn't fix anything. I later learned out what I was actually experiencing was panic attacks and anxiety. This was then compounded in my young years by catty girl bullying through my junior high years. Raise your hand if you dealt with that. I mean, that's probably like all of us. Um, and then that prompted, <laughs> Scott's like, eh. <laughs> Okay, I'm trying to make it fun, guys, because I know it's not the most fun stuff to get. We'll get through it, we'll get to the good part. <laughs> the catty bullying prompted um, distorted body image and disordered eating patterns. Um, I, could I could look at a picture or look in the mirror and I could always find something to criticize about myself. Um, I did give my life to Jesus though. That was the amazing school that I went to. And side note, if you train up a child in the way they should go when they are older, they will not depart from it. And I am proof of that because I was raised. My beautiful parents, they didn't even know what they were sowing. They were sowing a seed into the ground and I'm um, going to reap a harvest. So... I just didn't have the healthy soil because I was, you know, kind of right before high school, accepted Jesus, uh, loved the Lord with all my heart, but I didn't have the right soil to grow up in. And it was a short period before I was off to high school. And so I went off to high school um, and it was a massive culture shock because I came from such a small school, went off to a big public high school. And I went in believing I am gonna be a light for Jesus. Like, I did not have the same story that these guys had. <laughs> I went in believing that, and by the time I graduated, I was dating a drug dealer. True story. So, yeah, the wheels have fallen off. So, all through high school, boyfriends, sex outside of marriage, all that was going on. And there is a reason I need to tell you, if you're in this room today, why the Lord says to wait until marriage. It's so you don't fragment your soul. It is not to hold back something from you. It's because when you step into something before you found the one, you are piecing yourself out and you're leaving part of your heart everywhere you go. If that's you, there's no condemnation. You can break soul ties and God will make you whole again. So I then got a full ride scholarship to UCSD. Once upon a time, I was really smart book smart, but then, <laughs> then in college, I learned I did not have study skills, and I was coasting this whole time. Um, I got very homesick. I became addicted to surfing, which was my way of coping with homesickness, loneliness, depression, and slipping grades, because it was hard. And then because I got addicted to surfing, I spent all my time in the water, which that meant I was never studying, which meant that my grades were going really low, and I lost my full ride scholarship because I could not maintain the minimum GPA, which was very minimum, mind you. <laughs> like I couldn't, okay, you feeling my pain? <laughs> um, my serious boyfriend broke up with me out of the blue. He went away to a foreign country, came back and we were done. And I mean, I thought there was something there and I was just like, oh, massive rejection. And then I got into the um, 
restaurant employee after hours party scene at work. I don't know if you're aware of restaurant culture, but that's a thing. So needless to say, I was not liking my life at this point. Is everybody good? Are we still doing good? <laughs> okay. I began to build my identity around surfing, around, it was the only controllable, because I was kind of athletic, so I could, you know, do that. And I worked my way into a local crew that was at a very hardcore San Diego beach, and it was like, you know, a chip on my shoulder, like I was one of those guys. And I need to tell you as a side note, localism um, is alive and well. Uh, point Break vibes when they would take people, drag them to the beach, and do stuff just to get people out from surfing their break. That's like real. Um, that was the crew that I hung with. And I was proud of that because they liked me. Um, at that point, I met a man in this crew who um, was a married man. And he was, we became friends. And he was going through a challenging time in his marriage. And I had all the ish I just shared with you. And so we became emotional support buddies. And then, then it kind of got to where we felt like real buddy-buddy. And then it was like, oh, if only we had met each other in another lifetime. Okay. And then it turned into a full-blown affair. As C.S. Lewis puts it, the safest road to hell is the gradual one. <laughs> so right about then as well, um, his wife also found out that she was pregnant with their first child. Needless to say, <laughs> the truth came out, Ish hit the fan, it was flying everywhere. <laughs> um, she called me in the middle of the night threatening to kill me and to kill herself by jumping off of the Coronado Bay Bridge. And that, my friends, is what you call hitting rock bottom. <laughs> okay. So what was the main thread through it all? I think I just really wanted to be loved. Um, and I wanted to be able to receive love. But there was like a block there. And nothing would fill that God hole in my life. And I was looking everywhere for it. So now everyone say, but God. Okay, there we go. This is the good part. Whenever you share your story, uh, side note, you can't dwell so much on the past that you forget to tell all the good things that God did, okay? Because we know it was a lot. <laughs> uh, but God. Um, in my darkest moments, I actually cried out to God. And I was like, wow, you know, I did not recognize my life. Who is this person? The very thing that I hated growing up was... Um, was adultery. I actually really hated it and I remember really hating it to the point that I'd like put a judgment on it. And I feel like that's a word to be careful of what you put a judgment on because that was the very thing that came back around into my life. That was what I had become. So God in his goodness, he reached into my mess and he pulled me out. So I literally am a picture of Psalm 40 when it says, he lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. He set my feet on solid ground and steadied me as I walked along. He's given me a new song to sing, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see what he has done and be amazed. They will put their trust in the Lord. Amen. So from the very moment, it was like I had to get out of the driver's seat. I didn't realize, but I was actually living a very humanist lifestyle, which is like, I am my own God. I make my own decisions. I'm pursuing my own dreams. And clearly that did not work. So as soon as I got out of that and I decided to surrender, and mind you, I come from a very non-surrendered background. Like, 
independent lone wolf, like, yeah, like, you know, so that was a thing. It's been a thing. Surrendering to God, trust is such a big part of that. Can I trust? But God has been so good in his goodness. He's shown me what it means to trust and that he is incredibly trustworthy. He is the only one that we can trust. And so I surrendered and I got into Awaken and I just plugged myself into good soil and I was a mess, but I just kept going. I just kept showing up. I persevered through the awkward moments. I just kept coming in the door and just, I know this is where I'm supposed to be. I am incredibly socially awkward. I am completely uncomfortable, but this is, I'm supposed to be here. So I'm just gonna stick it out, okay? So as others preached before me, I started to become the same person on the outside as I was on the inside. They were starting to come into alignment. I was no longer this pharisaical image with a completely broken interior. It was like I started living from the inside out. And that's actually what we're called to do as Christians. We actually live not outward in, but from the inside out. Like God does a work in our hearts. He cares about our hearts. And from that place, that's how we touch the world. We share what God has done. That's a cool ringtone. Somebody's got a game going on. Is that you, Andy Pugh? <laughs> so God satisfied the love I was looking for in all the wrong places. I found it. It was in him. So almost immediately, here we go. Here's the good things, okay? Almost immediately, he took care of my schooling. My grandparents stepped in. They loaned me money. They said, here, we'll take care of you. You can pay us back afterwards. As soon as I, um, well, because everything came out in the open, I no longer had focus issues. I could actually study good. I got my grades back up. I graduated with my degree, amen. And then they absolved me of their loan because it was just a gift. So I graduated debt-free after all that. As for the breathing issues, the panic attacks, and the anxiety, one Sunday morning, I was in the house of God where everybody should be and Pastor Jurgen was prophesying and praying over people. And he just got this word of knowledge where he was like, there's somebody here and you feel like you can't get a good breath. Like you, actually you can't breathe at all. Like it's like you can never fill your lungs. Is that you? Who is that? Come forward. I raised my hand. I ran down to the front. He prayed for me. Power of God hit me. I have been healed of that. I took the deepest breath of my life and I could actually breathe again. And it was such a foreign feeling. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. God is so good. And as for the scars from female relationships, healed. That's the power of cherish. Um, our life-giving women's ministry is like the definition of anti-caddy. It is not tolerated. We are a culture of women championing women. We love each other. You guys need to come to women's prayer. Get, get prayer. Men, men, it's the same thing, but I can personally vouch for, cherish. So get in healthy relationships. God is healing those. God will heal those, you guys. And then the surfing addiction, healed. I'm in Utah, aren't I? The Lord did a very gentle, progressive work of separating the goodness of the sport from the why I needed to do it. I still love it. I would jump in the water in a heartbeat, but I just don't need it anymore. Some of you have something like that in your world, and God's going to show you that he is that source, whatever your heart's crying out for. 
He is that uh, fuel that will feed that hunger. And you can actually lay these things down because the things that you're feeling addicted to are such a patch. They're, they're not fulfilling. And then distort, disordered eating and distorted body image healed. Um, aside from my love for chocolate, I do not struggle with disordered eating at all. And the reason the Lord has not healed me of that is because that's my job. It's for self-control. He's growing my character. So. And then in regard to body image, I love myself now more. After I've had four kids. And I just want to say, I've made my own people and I am their leader. And finally, the shame, the broken relationships, the affair, all healed. As far as I know, that man and his family stayed together. They are thriving in a church. I saw a random Instagram post, as you do with Instagram. Beware of social media. But their kid, the one that she was pregnant with, does lights and media for their church. And for me, the Lord unraveled all the shame. So he gave me this promise that I want to give to you guys when I first came back to him. Psalm 103, 11 to 12. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. So through prayer and ministry, I broke every soul tie. Jesus restored my past. I was literally the woman caught in the act of adultery, but the Lord got down on his knees and he pulled me up out of the dust. He sent all of my accusers away. There is not a hint of this past life on me now. And I can say that my greatest gift is my husband, my four kids. I have a family that I should not have. In other cultures, I would have been stoned to death. I do not deserve the life that I live. I am reminded of that every day, especially with this man. He is an incredible gift from heaven. I am reminded every day. And that is the goodness of God, you guys. He gives us what we don't deserve. He takes what we deserved. He does a transfer and he's like, no, I love you too much. That's, I'm not gonna let you have that. I'm gonna take that. There is no, it is not fair. It is just not fair, but in the best way, like in our favor. And this is what the valley needs to hear. The valley needs to hear the encounters with the Lord and what God is doing in your life and how he has changed you because that is the only thing that's gonna win a city. It is not about the religion. It is about the encounter. No one else has the encounter. We do, we do. And I wanna wanna kinda close the message. I I wanna pray for people. We'll get more into that, but the message part of this, what I wanted to leave you guys with is that um, 1 Corinthians 15, nine through 10. Paul was an accuser of the church. He, um, you know, held the Pharisees clothing while they stoned and killed people and dragged them off to prison. And um, he was all in, all in on that side, the the wrong side, Paul. And he says, for I'm the least of the apostles who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. His grace toward me was not in vain. The only way that the Lord's grace could be treated in vain is if we just never talk about it. 
if we just never shared what he's done. But a great awakening is coming to Sweet Lake City and it's riding on the back of transparency. It's riding on the back of authenticity. It's riding on the back of you not shying away from the spirit of intimidation when you feel it, but instead being like King David and taking the word of God and just slamming it to the devil's head sharing your story, sharing the redemption. This is why my title, I didn't do a good job of the whole introduction with the title and all that, but redeemed. We're in our wonderful life series. I'm redeemed. That's all it takes to be a light for Jesus is to just talk about it. So I think I wanna do a couple things. Um, if you are feeling the stir of that hunger, um, the stir that there is something more, the stir that we will not settle for religion, that religion is disgusting and cheap and fake, and we're sick of fake, we're sick of inauthentic, we're sick of the church perpetuating fake. If that's you, stand up right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we're just going to pray. Father, I thank you for this army of people that are here before you. Father, that are hungry for your presence, that are hungry to do life your way, that are hungry to not surrender and submit ourselves to this man-eating monster called religion. We will not stand for it in Jesus' name. I thank you, God, for a bold courage coming over each one right now, Father. I thank you, God, that you are crystallizing uh, your, your story of redemption in their life, that they're going to have something to really hold on to. You're going to clarify it. You're going to bring even greater levels of healing. And I will say this, that the more that you share your story, the more healing comes as you go. I was not, I was not completely this when I started sharing my testimony. In fact, I was a mess on legs, barely saved. And my husband's kicking me out of the nest saying, just go share your story. So here I am just saying, yeah, I'm a little girl. I had an affair and it was awkward, but you know what? Every time Jesus showed up, every single time he showed up and he touched someone's life and someone came up to me and was like, thank you for being real. And that is what this valley needs. So Father, I thank you right now that there is a release of your spirit in this place. Thank you, God, that the power of God is on every single person. I literally see the way that Pentecost had the tongues of fire coming down, I just declare this fire from heaven. We see this fire coming over each person here, a new fire. Father, I pray that they would feel it in their bodies right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you are such a good father. You are drawing us up and out that we do not live surrendered to our past, but we walk in victory in Jesus' mighty name. If that is you and you're believing that this is a moment of victory, I want you to shout to the Lord right now. Shout for what Jesus has done. Jesus, Jesus, thank you, God. You are God of glory and wonder. God, we honor you today. We praise you, God. I thank you, God, that our lives are not marked by the things that we've done, but they are marked by you and our surrender to you. And as we share our story, God, I know you're going to show up with signs, wonders, and miracles in Jesus' name. And if you have never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, I want you guys to, I want you to throw your hand in the air. There is no other way that we can do this life and do it victoriously when we are separated from the one who created us. 
It's like you are the, the machine without the operating manual. You need him. If that's you, with no one looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed, I want you to throw your hand in the air. Or if you want to rededicate your life, because that was what I did, is I actually grew up with the Lord, and I knew him, and I had the seeds of truth from a young age, but I needed my pastor to get up there and invite people to rededicate that maybe they weren't living the right way. Maybe they were just a little off. They wanted to, but they just needed something to shift. They just needed something to shift. They needed to surrender something differently than they had done in the past. If that is you, I would love it if you would be brave and put your hand in the air because I will move on from this in a moment, but this is a moment where your eternity is sealed forever. So if that's you, raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. And if not, that's all right. We're going to just say a prayer right now. We're going to say a prayer because like I said, we're not religious here. Although Pastor Jurgen did say, when you come out of your chair, you're leaving your old self behind. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that you're not saved if you pray this prayer right now. Thank you, Lord. Okay, so repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for my salvation, that you died for me so I could spend eternity with you. I ask you now to be my Lord and Savior. I surrender my life to you, and I thank you, Lord, that this is the beginning of the life you created, the blessed life, the greatest life I could possibly have. In Jesus' name, amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.